Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father, through His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Word of God that calls for our attention this morning comes to us from the prophet Micah, chapter 5, verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. So far our text. As we come to this last Sunday in Advent, Sunday only a handful of days away from Christmas, we think, okay, we know Bethlehem. Bethlehem's a very wonderful place. We hear about it all the time. But in Micah's day, Bethlehem was just a small little hamlet, not even worthy enough to be considered among the clans of Judah. So, What's so important about Bethlehem that God would choose it? Well, God has chosen Bethlehem many times, especially in the Old Testament. It was the burial place for Rachel, Jacob's favorite wife, shortly after Benjamin's birth. It was the hometown of Elimelech, Naomi, and Boaz who would go on to marry Ruth, who would then be the great-grandparents of King David who would also be born in Bethlehem. So that's what sparks in the people's minds as Micah is talking about Bethlehem, is that that's the big deal. Okay, David came from there. And there were promises that God made to David. But ever since then, ever since David became king and moved to Jerusalem, Bethlehem has again just kind of vanished off into history. But Micah says, from you shall come forth from me one who is to be ruler in Israel. Even this small town, someone great is getting ready to come. The great one who had been promised from ancient days. We'll sing in a little bit, O come thou branch of Jesse's tree, free them from Satan's tyranny. That promise, once again given to David, that there would be one of his descendants to sit on his throne forever. Or as Micah will put it, he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord. That he will be there, standing firm, and being the shepherd and the leader that the people need, freeing them from the tyranny that the devil, the world, and our sinful flesh have put over us. So we can say in the psalm, Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock. Realizing that, yes, that shepherd of Israel, that great shepherd to lead us, is actually God himself. So Elizabeth, as Mary walks in, can shout, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Because that great promise has finally come to pass. And John the baptizer actually gets to be the first to acknowledge Jesus coming in the flesh by leaping in Elizabeth's womb. And so we look for this ruler, which then, of course, caused all kinds of problems in ancient Israel as they were looking for a political ruler, a military ruler, and not really a shepherd. Not really one who would come in peace. 
one who has come to cast out the military oppressors and not the internal oppressors of sin. They were very gladly willing to pray, O come, desire of nations, bind in one the hearts of all mankind. Bid thou our sad division cease, and be thyself our king of peace. They wanted that peace, but it's the same peace that many of us and most of the world thinks of as just the stopping of violence, the quiet borders where nobody bothers us. And people have tried all throughout history to be that king or that prince of peace, bringing about, whether it's from like David being a mighty warrior or Solomon marrying all of his neighbor's daughters or whatever other way they came, they never did have the peace. Because that peace that came from the outside didn't help us inside. Micah says, he shall be their peace. The peace of God. We heard last week and we hear at the end of every sermon that surpasses all understanding. That peace is what we truly seek after. But of course we always seek it in various and different and wrong ways. As Micah reminds the people, sacrifice, well, Hebrews reminds us, sacrifices and offerings you have not desired. Although God had brought all these sacrifices in, they were all to point to Jesus. It was Jesus' sacrifice that actually meant something. These were just the foreshadowing of it. But Jesus goes on to say, but a body you have prepared for me. He is the peace of Israel. He is the king of peace because he is the sacrifice that comes. He is the one sacrifice that God has truly taken pleasure in and accepted for the sins of not him, but of us and the whole world. We sang to begin the service how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. We want some big, grand show. And God comes as a little bitty manger, or a little bitty baby in a manger in a small town. Not where we are looking. Not with great pomp, although the shepherds will disagree with you and me. But he comes silently to bring us the blessings of heaven. The blessings that have been promised from ancient days, even from the very beginning of time. As God promised Adam and Eve through his curse of the serpent that there would come one who would crush the serpent's head. But again, he comes as a gentle lamb, anointed from eternity to do this one job, but still a lamb who quietly and silently stands before the governors, questioning him, refusing to answer the charges piled up on him. Because no, he was not guilty of any of them. 
but he gladly took that guilt upon himself for us. Because we are the ones who were guilty of it. And that's where Micah finds himself in his own day. He's still there with Judah being on fairly good ground. The northern kingdom is on shaky ground as they are getting ready to be taken into exile. But he promises them that even Judah will be taken away. He says, He shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. That God's people do suffer the punishment of His wrath from time to time. He lets them go into exile so that He might deliver them. And so He has put all of mankind from Adam and Eve on in that exile of sin until the time when she has given birth. Until Christmas morning, which begins the entirety of our salvation. The promise of everlasting life coming from a small little baby in a stall in a small little town. The little baby who would become more than anything else could possibly imagine in this world. And so we can say, as Micah does, they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. The church is spread out, not just from the little postage stamp of geography that is known as Israel, but has gone around the entire world. And he is considered great. And all around the world, people are getting ready to celebrate the birth of their Savior, which is one of the reasons why the kids all got devotional books in Sunday school this year, to show different ways that different countries around the world celebrate Christmas. I hope you guys have read them and have thought, hmm, that's kind of neat in some places. Because in every place, regardless of the traditions we have, He is considered great. Because He came as that little child in the little town to be the fulfillment of all of the hopes and all of the fears of all the people. They're all met in that moment. And they are all delivered through him in his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection. Amen.